Are you looking for killer graphics, a great logo, a promotional video, or even the coolest animations? Well, look no further than Kendall Peters Designs. Affordable work with that creative flair that you always need in your designer. Let Kendall Peters Designs make your product or service sparkle. Go to www.kendallpeters.com. That's K-E-N-D-L-E-P-E-T-E-R-S.com. Kendallpeters.com. She'll make your business look fantastic. You are tuned in to the Shockwaves video cast presented by Bob Malbandian. Host of the Shockwaves slash hard radio podcast on hardradio.com and the Shockwaves Skull Sessions podcast on roadrunnerrecords.com slash Skull Session. Legendary, Mr. Biff Bifford from Saxon. How are you, Biff? Good. I'm doing good. All right. It's good to be back in America. Absolutely. Last time was what? Uh, 96, 97, right? Was it the uh, Beast the Beast tour? No, we've been to America. We've done New York and a few shows in Texas, but we've not been to the to the West Coast for quite a long time. That's right. In uh, Texas, yeah. San Antonio, you guys have quite a huge following. Still. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So right. We well, do. We know. We haven't been here for I think fifteen years. Yeah, I was at that last show at the Whiskey, and I was at your show in nineteen eighty-two. Your first show here at the Whiskey with a Metallica opening. I That's think you right. Did two nights, one Rat opened, and yeah. the other Metallica and, and legendary gig. That one. absolutely brilliant. Awesome. So the new album, Call to Arms, just came out. Now is that out on EMI worldwide? Uh, yeah, most of the most of the countries around the world it is. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, we uh, they're doing a great job in Europe on the album, it's charted everywhere. So uh, it's picking up momentum now in the states. People are getting a bit psyched about it. Fantastic album. It brings you back to the old school, very much in the denim and leather vibe. Yeah, it's a bit, it got a bit of a spirit of the eighties on there, Absolutely. which is what we wanted. Um, you know, we thought we took uh, took that sound we had uh, on the last two albums, two or three albums. It's fantastic, but. Um, we just want to do D, take it to pieces again, and start again, and make it a bit more, uh, you know, a uh, bit raw sounding. Right. A bit right. more like less is more type thing. Absolutely. Do you self produce this one? Uh, no, a friend of mine co produced it with me, uh, Toby Jepson. Oh, right on. Right, right. uh, it was the singer with Little Angels. I remember that. But yeah, he was, um, he was good. We right. well together, yeah. You worked with a lot of producers in the past, I know. Yeah. yeah. In the back, Will Rick Deed and uh, Will Rick. Will Dick Reed? No, Will Reed Dick. Will Reed Dick. Is that, what that was it. And of course, uh, what was it? Jeff Glicksman did Power and the Glory. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. quite a few. What? How do you feel about working with? Uh, I know you worked with a lot of name producers in the past, and going yeah. back to uh, doing uh, some of the latter albums you, you self-produced as well. What's well? I mean, Crusader was made in Los Angeles. That's, right. That's the second American album. But yeah, we, we worked with people. I mean, the thing is, you know, we we. Um, in the sort of late 80s, uh, 90s, some of the producers sort of watered, out, watered us down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, we weren't really happy with that, and neither were our fans. So after that, I sort of took control again of it. And um, I've either been an executive producer or 
a co-producer on a lot of the albums because I think you know you can take it in different ways you know because we 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 walk the line don't we of heavy metal and, and hard rock sure that's what Saxon do you know right and it's very easy for somebody to take us through the way so we just took took control of our of our um, of our sort of musical uh, direction again and it's, it's worked really well since then all right well as far as i'm concerned saxon really truly were the leaders of what they call the new wave of british heavy metal the first album out in 1979 mm -hmm. uh the self-titled album i remember when wheels of steel that was actually released in america there were only few very few bands from uh, england at the time that had uh, american releases that I got before Iron Maiden. I must have been 15, 16. Yeah. Picked up Wheels of Steel. I had read like a little blurb about you in one of the American yeah. magazines. And I put it on, listened to Motor Motorcycle Man, and just flipped out. I mean, that yeah. was like the heaviest yeah, the, the, song at, at, yeah, at that the, point. It the was, first album's a bit more prog rocky. I've noticed that, yeah. Um, it's a mixture between metal and prog rock. Uh, uh, Wheels of Steel was obviously a, a big album in, uh, in Europe. Uh, the story in America was uh, because we were on a French label, and, uh, Carrera, uh, yeah, Carrera right? Records, and it, it was distributed through um, CBS, wasn't it? No, it, I think it was WEA Warner's. Mm, I think in the states it was CBS, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think so. Oh, maybe not. Uh, I'm maybe not. Wrong. But I went to Rockefeller Plaza to the to the office, so right. I think it was yeah, uh, yeah. one of the two, United Artists or or Warner's. Anyway, right. uh, they only actually printed twenty five thousand copies in America. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And, um, for some reason they got upset by the French and that was what the minimum amount they had to print on the contract was 25,000 wow so that's what they printed that's why the, that's why Strong Arm the Law came out sort of a bit skew with it yeah because they redid the contract and Strong Arm the Law sold much more than Wheels of Steel and that's the story in America I think you know, it, it held us back in America that yeah well that was 25,000 sold out like that Strong Arm actually yeah. came out uh, well, did you release them both in the same year in England, that's right, right? Yeah, and I know a little bit later it came out in America. That's right. Um, yeah, uh, but you know when that out when uh, Wheels of Steel first came out in America, that was really the first. I mean, that was before Iron Maiden. Of course, you had Motorhead back then, but it was all on import until Ace of Spades mm. came out. Yeah. So uh, Wheels of Steel and uh, actually Def Leppard on Through the Night, I think, were the what introduced me at least to the new wave of British mm. heavy metal. And uh, yeah, you're right. You know, that was just. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were we were one of the first. Um, American signings. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. We were the first ones into America. Now, how but unfortunately, you know, the, the, it didn't work out with the distribution. Yeah, but you know, definitely, uh, you know, when you came over on the Denim and Leather tour, I mean that. Yeah, I mean, I remember the audience, the guy from Molly Craig. You know, everyone wanted to check out. That's right. You know, the 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 new wave of British right, metal yeah. leader Saxon. Right, it was yeah. a that must have been a pretty amazing. Huh? Yeah, it was an amazing time. It really was an amazing time. And having yeah. Metallica open for you, of course. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, we we were. It was a fantastic period that because we just flew in, we did these four shows. That you know, one under eight show, one for the for the older fans after. So we had two shows a day, and um, we had Ozzy Osbourne came to see us, uh, Sharon. And, you know, Motley Crue burst in the dressing room, and you know we didn't know half all these people were really. You know, right. um, Metallica were down there supporting, and um, yeah, you know it was just a crazy, um, a crazy world really. And somebody whisked us off to some party in, in some house in Beverly Hills, some girl. But yeah, that's another story. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was a bit of a whirlwind, um, whirlwind. Uh, you know, all happening all at once in the ages. Right on. Yeah. Well, how was the transition? Because you mentioned that on the first album, 
Uh, it was uh, v- uh, very proggy. And that's how, kind of in the late 70s, that was a huge scene with the prog scene with, you know, Genesis and Tull and Yes and all that kind of stuff. And then it, it really was a, a major churn when you did Wheels of Steel, particularly songs like Motorcycle Man. I mean, you went full-fledged well, heavy metal. What yeah. was that transition well, during that If you listen to the first album, I mean, we saw quite a few copies now on the first album. A lot of people have got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get things like Stalling to the Highway, you know, some of the real, real, real thrash, thrash, Bats to the wall. thrash metal songs, yeah. And then you get the more, you know, uh, more moody, right. slower stuff. Um, so we had some songs that uh, me and Paul had from a band before, which were more uh, jamming, prog rocking. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of songs from the, from the Sob band that... Some of bitch, That No, 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 not some of bitch, no, no, from Sob. Which is what Graham Oliver and Steve Dawson, that was their band. I guess, yeah. So the, when the band came together to form Son of a Bitch, yeah, mm-hmm. we had, um, you know, quite a few different songs. And then we wrote some songs together, and those were the songs, right? you know, that, that really started the sound that we had. You know? right. So the first album was a mixture of different songwriters. Right. Wheels of Steel is the first album we actually wrote together. I got you. So, so that's why that was different. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about you, you explain a lot of this in the uh, uh, movie, the DVD documentary coming out. I love uh, Heavy Metal Thunder, the movie. <laughs> Sorry, that. <laughs> Heavy Metal Thunder, just trying to like, you know, go good. there for mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Uh, Heavy Metal Thunder, the movie. Yeah. I was fortunate to see the movie at, at a screening, and I got to say, this was barred on the best rock and roll documentary mm. I've seen because it was so honest. It was such a honest fan base piece and you really went back into the history of the new wave of British heavy metal and I tell you why because a lot of people don't really know I mean I, I was fortunate when I was young I remember that time mm-hmm. you know in 80 and all that and it was such uh, an amazing new scene to the heavy metal movement and That's right. uh, you know, here in the States, a lot of people remember, you know, bands like Saxon, a lot of the new wave of British heavy metal bands. You know, you take a lot of them, you know, Diamond Head, Tigers of Pantang, uh, Raven, a lot of these bands that got American deals. Uh, it was something that you explained very well in the movie about how the record labels had so much control over the artists mm. and the American labels. They were throwing producers, you would have songwriters telling you, you know, mm-hmm. do a cover of Christopher Cross or whatever, yeah. doing all the stuff. But I mean, it happened to all the bands. There was either you have to do this or you get dropped kind of thing. And a lot of people nowadays that see these bands, you know, Diamond Head, Tigers, uh, Saxon, they see the MTV videos, they're like, this isn't heavy, this isn't new, you know, what's, what's, you know, they don't get it, they don't get what it really was, like, you know, as the lyrics back in the 79, back in 80. The, the three bands really, you know, were Maiden, Saxon, and Def Leppard were the, right. were the bands that wrote the, wrote the songs that um, went on to be anthemic. I think, I think some of the other bands, um, you know, were great bands, but they never had that one or two really big monster songs. Right. That, that shot them into, um, you know. I mean, Oz and Maiden and Leopard had songs that were on a par with Leopard, with, sorry, with Purple. With, you know, they were on a par, weren't they? they? Oh, absolutely. The songs took on a denim and leather, took on a different, you know, persona. It was like a, it was like a, an anthem for fans, really. Right. So, you know, it's just unfortunate, you know. I mean, I've talked to some of the bands about this, and... For some reason, they just didn't have that one song. They might have had a song, right? But it didn't. It didn't go. You know, yeah, yeah. like uh, like sort of running free or run to the hills or sure. that sort of thing. They just didn't have that um, that one song that moved uh, you know a million people. Right. Saxon definitely back on track to the uh, true. <laughs> 
true metal sound of, of what uh, you guys have been known for. Yeah. Uh, which which is great to hear. I mean, you guys released some amazing records since, you know, with, with uh, uh, you know, Killing Ground, Metalhead, Into the Labyrinth, uh, uh, you know, Intersect. Inner Sanctum. Yeah, we've got some great, been fantastic albums. I don't think we've really had a dud album, actually, uh, which is... Uh, which is a good thing, you know, because usually have one dud out, one's dud out of five, you know. Right. Four good ones, one dud one, that's usually. Yeah. Because, <laughs> but yeah, it's been, we've been on a really good roll and, uh, you know, we've, uh, the, the profile's gone sky high in, in the UK, in Japan, you know, we're South America soon. So, yeah, I mean, it's really, really going well. All right. And the great thing that I think is really cool about the new album, uh, Call to Arms, is I believe it's if, if you get the digipack, you get the 1980 cast. Yeah, we got the 1980. We, it was uh, lost for many years, and we found it. Yeah, we found the multi track in a manager's attic. And that sounds amazing production because yeah. the only song I'd heard in the past was the Backs of the Wall off the compilation. Well, there, and also there's a bootleg flying around, mm -hmm. um, you know, from a from a cassette. Right. But um, no, we wanted to put out a definitive version of it. And um, sounds amazing. I just want, I mean, we were like the underdogs on the desk, so we just had one tape running at 15 IPS, you know, the big old tape. Right. And, um, actually, we did one extra song, but the tape ran out oh, yeah. through the heads. And you can hear the tape run out through the heads, yeah. you know, when we were, when we were mixing it. So it's a bit sad. The bootleg's got one extra song. Right. You know, it's bloody yeah. sad. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we mixed it and it sounded fantastic, so I thought, you know, I want to give that away with the album. Because it's the new Saxon and the old Saxon, there's a there's a huge amount of music in between, you know. But it connects, you know. You can see the connection there. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that show uh, for a bit, because I mean that must have been just a, a huge thing for Saxon at the time in 1980. That was one of the real first, I think, metal festivals before Vakken and all the other festivals uh, uh, in Europe. And uh, 1980 had Rainbow Priest, uh, Scorpions. Uh, all the major uh, metal bands at the time, and Saxon was like the new uh, underground uh, UK band. What was that? Yeah, we, we were the only of the, of the new bands. I mean, uh, we well, we, we sort of. Uh, I mean, the album had done two hundred thousand copies in England when we walked on stage. Oh, did you do that, that much? Uh, yeah, wow. it did. Gold, yeah. Wow. And um, I didn't that. you know, it was uh, absolutely crazy when we walked on stage. It was like, like you know, something we'd never experienced before. Just a fantastic thing, you know. Seventy thousand people, yeah. all um, and the band plays on. Yeah, well, that's what the song's about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was a great. It was a great. Uh, I think that really, uh, really, uh, that one festival was that was the absolute divine point for the band. Absolutely. You know, it just uh, it just went on from there. It was a huge album, that Donington album, and. Uh, it just gave us so much confidence, you know, to, to write more songs, really. Right on, right on. Uh, back to the new album, then. Speaking of anthems, you got that back in 79, mm -hmm. uh, which very much kind of got that denim and leather kind yeah, of Yeah, we wanted to feel. go uh, denim and leather revisited. Mm -hmm. You know, we even did the same thing on it, invited audience in to sing on the choir. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's, um, it's a song, you know, that fills the gap. It's a song about... Of the older fans then, the newer fans now, and they're all still together, and it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, it makes no difference. So that's what the song's about. And it is, what, a 30-year anniversary now for Denim and Leather, right? It's it is, this year, yeah. 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 We're doing a few more songs off Denim and Leather on, on this show, just, right to, on. just to feature it a bit. All 
right, all right. And uh, f as far as the, the DVD, again, uh, the, the uh, documentary, Heavy Metal Thunder, the movie, mm -hmm. uh, fantastic. You had mentioned uh, there, there were uh, some problems, but is there going to be a release date for the fans? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll send him an email when we finish talking. There you go, tell him, <laughs> man, because I'll say it again, that is one of the best documentaries. Now, i, I, I got to mention, going back to that, because I know, uh, you know, which I... I I'm going to play Anvil it when they come over in Europe. You should. I'm a big mate with Anvil, I was good there. There's another yeah. Well, I think yours is definitely more of a, a, an honest approach. I love the fact that you actually uh, the movie has uh, Steve Dawson and uh, Graham Oliver, and it yeah, kind of yeah. both sides. And it really was, you know, the, the business that broke the man apart. It seems like. Uh, by the way, you were talking, it was the you know the labels and the well. There's the a story. The there's, a, there's a backstory to Saxon, and it's never been told. You know, I told it in my book. I did uh, autobiography. Never surrender. And, yeah, right? and that sort of goes with the film, really. Mm. You know, right. Right? when they should package it together, mm. then you'd have a great history of the band, really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's sad when when members leave. But uh, I think we've managed to hold it together and come back, you know, even stronger. Oh, absolutely. Are you? I know there was some animosity with with Pete Gill, the old drummer, but with Graham and Steve, I just got to ask: how's, how's, Is there a relationship? Yeah, I'm not really. Yeah, nah, not really. Yeah. They're, they're they're just stuck in the past, really. Right. You know, I mean. I mean, I think they are the Spinal Tap element of the band, so, you know, we've sort of lost that a bit now. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, really, you know, they're, they're just, I don't know, you know, yeah. they haven't been in the band for years and years and years, but they're still, you know, um, still going at act it. that they're in the band yeah. for some reason, so I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I mean, well, you know, while ever, while ever they're being like that, there would never be any reunion or anything because, you know, we just can't, can't work together with people who are doing everything they can to uh, ruin the Never Saxon. Right. You know, they have to be on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you have to remember that they make royalties off Saxon as well. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't, um, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you, really, yeah. that's what they should be thinking. Sure. But there you go, you know, it's up to them. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll end it off. I, I do want to mention, you, you said you might be coming back to the States with a tour. Uh, I know there's a lot of new wave of British heavy metal bands that have since reformed. Diamond Head came here. I mean, it's, you know, different members, obviously, and, yeah. you know, bands like uh, Raven are still together. Motorhead's obviously out on, on tour. You've toured with Motorhead many times in the past. Girls' School just redid uh, the Hit and Run album. They're going to be touring. Any chance of doing, like, a like a new wave of British heavy metal package with maybe you and, you know, the, the Motorhead, like the old school? Well, we've just done this... Um a package in Spain mm. uh, before we came here. We went to Spain, Japan, and uh, that was pre Smolterit Saxon. Uh, that, that was a great package. That was like a British package. It sells that, sold out everywhere. So yeah, we're up for doing anything really. Right. You know, people just have to pick up the phone. Right. You know, we're 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 up here to do anything. I mean, it would be great to go packaging with somebody. I Me and Motorhead are getting pretty strong in America now. Ah, yeah. So you know, that would be a great package. Are you still pretty tight with Lemmy? Yeah, yeah, we are good friends with Lem. All right. Well, with them all actually, with the old members as well. Yeah, how are they doing? Yeah, I mean, Fast Eddie's cool. We see Fast Eddie quite a lot. Oh, right yeah. on, man. Very cool. And uh, I know you, you recently did, uh, you know, the a uh, lot of festivals. You played uh, this big festival in France. Metallica came out with you doing Motorcycle Man. Uh, no, I went out with them. Oh, you went out? Oh, that's right. You yeah, I went out there. with that's them. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In Paris. That's right. How uh, was that experience? That was great. That, yeah. It was great, yeah. Right it was great, yeah. I mean, a few, a few months before, we met them. Uh, we did a festival in Germany together. And um, we met them. Uh, they came to see us. They came to see us. We were playing 
we were playing one stage, they were on another stage and they came to see us play. And then uh, we went to see them and they played, played Princess of the Night. It was cool. Uh, but yeah, they invited me to sing with them in, uh, in Paris, which is cool. Right. You can see it on YouTube. It's had a lot of hits. Very cool. Good. Well, the new album, man, Call to Arms, fantastic album, out on EMI Worldwide. You have a video for that song, right? The orchestral mm. version. Which we have a video. We shot yes. it with um, we shot it with students uh, from Wales in in, in Britain, and uh, uh, you know, uh, graduate students. Great video. So, um, yeah, it was it was good. It was a good All day. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Good well, day. again, I appreciate it, Biff. We'll pick up the new album, available on the EMI Records Worldwide, and looking for the show tonight at the Galaxy Yeah, that'll Theater. be good. Yeah. It'll be a good one. Yeah, it should be good. All right. was a lot of fun wasn't it and you know what else is a lot of fun the cms podcast network that's right cmspn.com is the address make sure you go over there make sure you watch the episodes there you listen to the episodes there and maybe you even just subscribe so it's delivered to your phone to whatever podcasting software you use but do it from cmspn.com once again cmspn.com 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 We'll see you next time, fucks.